We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Oh, mama! What a play! Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. Welcome into our Monday edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast. My name is Chris Plank, and we are joined, as always, on a Monday by Chad McKee to help us recap not only the game, but the Lincoln Riley press conference from earlier today. Chad, uh, let's start with Saturday. I know game day, you guys talked a lot leading into the game about, hey, there's a talent deficiency here. You go out and take care of business. And, oh, my, did the Sooners take care of business on Saturday? What really stood out to you? Well, first off, you go with the uh, Coyotes or Coyote reference, and you say that the uh, Sooner offense – unloaded a 700 pound of Acme company TNT like the roadrunner might do. It it was impressive. And and if you think about it, they had some real fits and starts early in that game. The offense did because of penalties by the offensive line. Even, even Creed Humphrey fell victim to, uh, to penalties up there as terrific as a player as he is. So slow start, but man, once they got it going, they really did and got into a rhythm. Obviously Hertz was terrific. You can send continue to, Young, white, you know, and and I consider Charleston Rambo still in that mix because he uh, he, he got going at the end of last year, the last three games and so. But now the the maturity these guys have, what stands out with them is how good they are once they get the ball in their hands. You know, they're almost like good running backs running with the football once they've caught it. So I thought they were terrific. Uh, Good to see Tanner Mordecai. Good to see Spencer Rattler get their first look in front of a Sooner crowd and see what they're all about. And they were successful. And then, but the big story of the night to me is the defense forcing three turnovers and Brendan Radley, Hiles, Buki is it's, I hate to use the term. He's hit the reset button 
but you feel like he's got a breath of fresh air this year. I think the, the new defense frees him up to use his instincts a little more, run to the football, um, you know, just react more than think for him. And, uh, and he was terrific. And uh, now it's, uh, it's a UCLA team that, quite honestly, we don't know that much about just yet. From uh, It's always hard to balance going overboard with what you saw and realizing kind of the opponent. That's always been my challenge here, Chad, because I was so impressed with everything that I saw on Saturday that I want to lose my mind. Oh, my gosh, they've got quarterback settled for years and years. They're, they're wide receiver position. They're great. But then you realize, all right, let's, let's, let's hit pause for just a bit. Let's focus on this season, feel good about it, and you know, maybe not get too carried away, right? Because I'm ready to lose my mind in a positive way about all the great things we saw on Saturday night. But we do have to temper that a little bit, don't we? 100%. Um, because, you know, I, Houston, as it turns out now, and we'll see what UCLA looks like for, for sure, but of the three non-conference games, it looks like Houston is the most difficult opponent amongst those three. You know, if you were to uh, square up Houston and UCLA – Houston would probably be a favorite right now, given what we've seen. But you, you do have to remember who you have played, who you played in game number two. South Dakota was obviously super outmanned. I think the greatest challenge that faced them last week was playing against their own concentration, their own focus, their own um, their own intensity level, all those sorts of things. You're pl- almost playing against yourself. You know, can you maintain a high level of play? when your competition is not as good as it was the week before. Uh, so we, we do have to temper it a little bit, but what was critical to me, uh, the, you know, the things I pointed to going into South Dakota, number one, play mistake-free and continue to mature on the offensive side. Well, they were without a turnover offensively. The penalties, yeah, are, are, are a little bit of a problem, but uh, things that you can get worked out. And I felt like Jalen Hurts continued to mature, continued to use receivers, probably threw it a little bit more in possible uh, pass-run situations, looked downfield a little bit more. But then I, I just think the defense got going again, and, and I love the fact that they forced some turnovers. So to circle back, you're right. You have to be careful with just completely going crazy about this team. But you've seen a lot of the things that you hoped that you would see on both sides of the ball going in. All right, Chad. So as we continue here on the Monday presser pod, what'd you take from today? Lincoln Riley getting ready for UCLA back to kind of a normal game week schedule. Anything really stand out from coaches press conference that we're going to hear in a bit? You know, Chris, the most, the thing that stood out to me the most, and I didn't even realize it until afterward and Toby and I were visiting how little talk there was at all about UCLA in that press conference. I don't think they were brought up by, by anybody. I think coach Riley mentioned them at the beginning. Um, and, and what that is, I don't know that it's a uh, sign of disrespect by those of us in the media for UCLA, but it's a stark contrast to what we talked about a year ago when UCLA came to town. Remember right. it was Oklahoma's coming off FAU high powered, Lane Kiffin offense and who knows what to expect. Now you got this Chip Kelly, you expect high powered offense. They had at the time, I think they were going through quarterback competition, which Dorian Thompson Robinson ended up winning and he's still their quarterback, but there was a lot of UCLA talk a year ago this time because you felt like maybe Chip Kelly was the right guy, that they would have it pointed in the right direction, that they would have athletes that were scary, you know, all those sorts of things this week, nothing 
I mean, there's relatively nothing about UCLA. The biggest talk about them is how sparse the crowds have been at the Rose Bowl, including, uh, you know, only 36 to 38,000 this past Saturday for their San Diego State game, and that there might indeed be more crimson and cream than powder blue and gold coming up on Saturday. So of all the things that stands out to me, it is how little talk there is about UCLA. Does that surprise you? Yeah, it blew me away a bit, but I think when you lose a game like they did to Cincinnati, and then you fall to what might not be a very good San Diego State team, I I think it kind of loses its luster. But, you know, I think Lincoln said it. You put on the film and you still see athletes out there everywhere. And DTR was a quarterback that could have gone to just about any school he wanted to and had been kind of proclaimed as the next guy to take over the Chip Kelly offensive attack. But, yeah, I I was kind of surprised as well, Chad, because there was absolutely nothing about the Bruins here today. Here's a here's another one, Chris, for you that uh, I you know the their offense obviously has, has struggled. They've turned the ball over six times in their first uh, two games, which is and they've and they've had others that they could have. They laid the ball on the ground several more times and recovered it themselves. But their defense here's here's the number. So they have given up a combined 47 points to San Diego State and Cincinnati. San Diego State and Cincinnati have both played two more games. Do you know how many points they've scored combined in those two other games? How many? Six. <laughs> Six. Oh, no. That's crazy. Um, you know, San Diego State was able to muster those six points in their win over Weber State in week one. They beat Weber State 6 nothing, And then, of course, you saw a Cincinnati's disaster getting blanked by Ohio State this past week. So, man, that's pretty alarming. A, a UCLA defense that's given up 47 points combined to two teams that have managed six combined the rest of the season. Chad McKee is with us. we got time for two more questions. You you mentioned Buki a little bit earlier. He was named the Defensive Player of the Week, but both of these questions are going to be about the pups, and I'll start with Jaden Davis because we could sit here and talk about Buki and the defense, and it looked great, but we're getting fired up about the pups on the offensive side of the football. I was pretty excited about what Jaden Davis and some of those youngsters did defensively, Chad. No, I, I'm with you, and, and I, I would stay even back there in the secondary. If you look at the, uh, you know, the two deep for the secondary nickel, the two corner spots, and the two safety spots, you know, you got Pat Fields out there as a sophomore. Parnell Motley is the only senior amongst them, and now if you can get these guys playing at a high level, not only do you have some high-level first-line guys, but then you're talking about the Robert Barneses and the Chance Sylvies. Um, you know, and next year hopefully you get a Trey Norwood back. Those, I, I, I guess I'm just talking about the future, but that's reason mm-hmm. to get excited because they want to play so many different guys when when you get to the big 12 and a team is running 70 80 snaps on you potentially then you've got to have that depth and and when we talk about these young guys that you just mentioned a moment ago playing as frontline guys but quality coming in behind them such as the the ones that i just mentioned you know sylvie and barnes in particular who have who have played a lot of snaps and they're not out there right now because the young guys have performed so well in the early going. So uh, super excited about them, uh, super excited about the youth that they have. There's just there are not many upperclassmen. You know, they're yeah. they're doing this with a lot of freshmen and redshirt freshmen and sophomores out there. And again, I'm going to go back and kind of uh, basically play both sides of the fence here, because I said earlier, I don't want to get too carried away on the podcast and thinking about 
what these guys like the Jane Hazelwoods and the Theo Weezes and the Trajan Bridges, you know, you got CeeDee Lamb and Charleston Rambo. They're going to provide depth this year. I don't want to get too carried away in making them superstars right away. But, oh, my goodness, the way that the ball came out of the hand of Spencer Rattler gets me excited for the future, Chad. <laughs> Holy smokes, yeah. he can spin it. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It's I wouldn't say it's the equivalent of, but I can remember. It's funny, we're going back to uh, to Pasadena this weekend, Chris, and I can remember. I rem- remembered Kyler Murray from his days at Texas A&M. Had seen him a little bit, you know, and, and just what I, what I got to glean from practices. But the first time I really got to have an extended look at him was in uh, Rose Bowl preparations, you know, preparation for the Georgia game. He's running the scout team. He's out there, and I'm watching him whip the ball around, and I'm like, wow, that's that's a pretty special-looking delivery. You, you get that sense a little bit with Spencer Rattler. Not, and I'm not saying he's Kyler Murray or Baker Mayfield or anything, but just to get a little glimpse of him, it, it's super exciting. You know, and I like that yeah, he gets to get out there and handle the moment and, right. and see what it's like to be out there in front of, 90,000 people at Gaylord Family Memorial Stadium. I, uh, I, I'm i like you, though. It was cool to see him. All right, buddy. Have a great rest of your week, and I uh, guess yes, we'll sir. talk to you again in Los Angeles, California. Chad, thanks, bud. Sounds fantastic. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. All right, see you, Chad. All right, so from Chad McKee to Lincoln Riley, here is the full Coach Riley press conference from earlier today. Coming off another very good win, uh, exciting one for our football team, especially uh, in that the way the game unfolded, you know, getting to getting to play so many people. Uh, I know we said it the other night after the game, but you come back and watch it. You get a chance to evaluate it. These players all get a chance to to, to get out there and get game action, get game experience, get coached. Um, it, it it does. It, it makes a big difference. I think it was a you know love how we scheduled that. I think it's a huge advantage for our football team going forward of of being able to have some games like that where you you know if you do play well you have the opportunity to to play a bunch of guys and uh, it's a, it's a long season. Some of these guys may not get those kind of reps again. They may. You never know how it's going to unfold. But this uh, it, it certainly helps them. Uh, it's great for team morale. It's great for evaluations of players as you go forward and as you have injuries or all the ups and downs that go that happen throughout a season. You know, we'll be able to look back on on last Saturday and, and know how valuable that was. So um, appreciate the opportunity for all those players. I know they do as well. Um, uh, on to UCLA, certainly a, uh, you know, going to be our first road test this year going out and playing those guys. Um, you know, so excited. Number one for this team to get on the road. Uh, that's been a you know a hallmark of this team here for the last several years. Is is we've you know we've we've enjoyed playing on the road. It's been a challenge that that we've really anticipated and looked forward to. Uh, we've got a new team this year, new dynamics, and we're going to have to you know we're going to have to go approach that the same way. Uh, I think playing on the road is oftentimes it starts with your mindset, and we've got to start to develop ours. Uh, so. Excited to get out there to, to California and play those guys. Um, you know, I know they've, they've gotten off to a tough start, but, you know, this is the classic deal. You look at the record and you think one thing, you turn on the tape, you see the guys that are running around on that football field, you see how well the defense is playing, you see a bunch of talented players offensively, and we know we know the kind of coaches that they have. So we're, we're not going to get lulled to sleep that the fact that, that you know, of what people may may or may not say on the outside. We know it's a good football team. We know it's really good coaches, really good players on that side. And we're going to need to be ready to play. And we're going to have to take, continue to take a lot of steps. We, 
you know, there, there were certainly a lot of positives from the other night, but there's still just a list a mile long of things that we have to get better at and needs to happen here quickly. And so the games, you know, continue to reveal that. Uh, so, you know, excited about the positives, but certainly focused on this first road challenge and our team needing to continue to take steps. Through two games, Lincoln, how has your secondary played and what individuals are playing well back there? Uh, I would say overall they've played well. Uh, you know, they can play better. Uh, I, I think we've we've done a good job in coverage. I, I would say that's been, you know, probably the highlight of the secondary just through two games looking at it, uh, just kind of from an overall view. We, we've really covered well, you know, other than other than slipping on a on a vertical route the other night, the last touchdown that they had, we've really, you know, we have not we have not given teams much air to throw the football, and uh, the, the the plays that have made against us have been competitive. Uh, and then certainly being involved, you know, in the secondary was involved in all three of those takeaways the other night with the the obviously the two interceptions and then the fumble recovery. And so it's good to see them active as well. Uh, we got to continue to tackle well in space. There's there's been a few plays each game that 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 showed up. And uh, you know, as the competition continues to get better and better, starting with this week. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to clean that up and do do better there. So, uh, but you know we're playing a bunch of guys. Uh, guys are getting experience quickly. But uh, again, the communication and the way we've covered you know early in with this system has been a big positive. You know, Lincoln, you you mentioned that you were really happy that you had a chance to play a lot of players. Did one or two or three of those guys stand out enough to you that you'll get some room this week at practice and you'll take a stronger look at them, maybe getting into a rotation or playing down the road? Yeah, they they, they did good. There's a lot of them that did good things, uh, you know, and everybody's going to remember some of the highlight plays. I mean, you know, like the receivers, they all did some good things. They all screwed a bunch of stuff up too, uh, and uh, and you know, uh, you know, Jaden Davis made a couple plays, also a couple things he didn't do well too. I mean, and that was that's pretty much across the board with the young guys. I mean, there was some excitable plays, but. You know, one play here and there is great. And well, yeah, we want you to make those, but it's those other ones that maybe the fans and, and everybody at home don't often see that, you know, can cost you ball games, especially against really good competition, that those guys are going to have to clean up. So, that, you know, the positives they showed, they're not scared of the stage. You know, they're talented and good enough to make really good plays right now. But, you know, if those guys want to continue to get on the field more, they're going to have to become more consistent across the board. So, um, and that's, you know, that's their job, but also our job as coaches to get them to that point. Lincoln, with this receiver group, uh, how does the depth compare to, to some of the others you've had here? And how do you keep all those guys happy, both, you know, maybe some, some older guys who've had a lot of playing time here, maybe not getting a lot of catches right now, and then those uh, freshmen? Well, I think the older guys understand the deal here. You know, this, you know, you're not going to be the, the, the top guy every single game. And I think they know that, you know, if you continue to get reps um, and you continue to earn playing time on the field for us, that the, the big opportunities are going to come, the big games, the chances to make the catches and the plays you want to make. So I think our older guys have an understanding of that. And, and the fact, I think we've recruited a lot of guys that are not, you know, that are not selfish, you know, that, 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 you know, want to win first and put the individual stuff second. And so, uh, yeah, and then with the young guys, they're kind of like we just said, they're they're fighting to get opportunities. You know, they're they're making some plays, but they've got to 
they've got to clean up so many things to 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 be able to have more opportunities. So, um, yeah, the competition's great. I would say compared to other years, there's we've, we've probably we probably have more guys that we would trot out there in any game right now and play with, uh, and therefore more competition. So I think we're in a you know a good healthy spot, but the group needs to improve. Yeah, Lincoln. When you have young guys going on the road for the first time, what are the logistical things that they have to figure out? How difficult is that for, for guys taking their first road trip? Yeah, we, we try to we try to make it, every road trip as similar to a to a home uh, type schedule as we possibly can. You obviously can't do it all, but we try to. We try to make it as normal as we can, but yeah, there's certainly new things. I mean, just simply flying out there, it's amazing how many guys we have that that's one of the first plane flights they've taken in their lives, or certainly one of the longest. Um, so yeah, just, just flying out there, staying in a different hotel, um, you know, game day's a little bit different. And then I think more, more than that, it's just the, the road atmosphere during the game, you know, handling the, you know, not having your fans cheering you on every time you make a big play. Um, you know, having the fans erupt when the other team makes a big play. Uh, there's just all kinds of different adversity playing on the road. It's a totally different mindset. You want to do the same things, but you got to have a different mindset. And we don't want to take for granted. You know, our groups have been able to do that the last several years. We've been a good road team, uh, but this group's got to find their own way to get to that point. Is the, a trip to Los Angeles the same for you guys generally as a trip to Lubbock or a trip to Dallas or wherever? Or, or is it more places to stay than Lubbock? Um, but uh, yeah, but generally, yes. Yeah, generally. The only thing that's different, I would say, than you know, Lubbock, Dallas, any of those is is just the time difference, you know. And, and we've obviously had to accommodate that, you know, going east and playing like West Virginia and those guys too. So the the time difference when you're not going out there for a bowl game, when, when the time difference really doesn't matter, you got plenty of time in between the game. That is probably the biggest adjustment, one that we'll have to account for. Yeah. And no, I'm not throwing shade at Lubbock. I'm from there. All right. Um, so, you, whether regardless of the opposition, I think you'd say that Buki is probably playing at a higher level uh, than, he, than he was previously. Can you put into perspective his freshman year? And maybe how he's responded in the spring and the off season and kind of fought through some things and he is playing at a higher level now. Yeah, I would say I would say pretty typical for a for a freshman. You know, a lot of times you're you can get in position to make the plays, make some of the plays, but you don't always make all of them as a true freshman and, and I think he's a, a little more clear minded right now. Uh, I, you know, I think you know, Alex has done a good job with him, and I think he's just more mentally ready to make the plays and to and to finish them. You know, he had he did a lot of good things for us last year, and he was in position to do a lot more. And uh, and so, but that experience is, is very valuable, and I would say that combined with you know the the coaching that that he's got from Alex and the guys right now has has uh, has made for a good combination. Different for a guy with five star expectations and he came in with a little bit of brashness to him as well. He, he was trying to fulfill those expectations. Is it different for a guy like that? It can be uh, just because, you know, you, I, last year's a great learning experience for him. And, and again, you can, any guy that's, you know, extremely highly recruited, you can put in this category too of you learn pretty quick that the, you know, the outside opinions and, and 
and all the hype and all that doesn't really matter. You know, you just you just got to go play. And I don't think I don't think it was a negative thing with Buki. I do. Was there some of of him last year at times trying to live up to that? Maybe. I. I but I. I don't think it came from a bad place. I think it came from a competitive place. And I think he's. I think he's matured some. Um, and he's just he's in a better place mentally. You know, he just he's. He's, I think a respect for how hard you have to work. Not that he didn't work hard before, but you know how hard you got to work and how how much you have to be on top of your game to make plays at this level, and you have to do it consistently. And he's certainly more consistent with it right now. He's still got a lot of things he's got to get better at, but he's he's uh, he's taken some positive steps for sure. Lincoln, you've pretty clearly got a quarterback who's going to run, and you've also pretty clearly got a quarterback who's not going to slide. <laughs> um, how do you balance? the maybe not taking direct contact and still playing his game. What, what, have, what have you talked with him about? That? Yeah, there was a few the other night we went back and, and said, uh, you know, the, a few that we didn't need to take it on. And so, uh, but I got a lot of trust in him. You know, he's played a lot of ball, uh, you know, knows his body, um, you know, what he can take and can't take. We just, there's some of the necessary ones that he needs to do a little bit better job with, but he's, uh, you know, he's a big, strong kid, you know, and, and so he, he can take a little bit more than the guys we've had in the past. Is his strength, is that, I mean, not that it's a surprise, but has that been something that has been even maybe above what you thought it might be with him? Uh, uh, hard to say. It's just when you haven't seen somebody live, you know, before. I mean, we got to see him a little bit in the bowl game, but when you haven't seen somebody live, you don't totally know. I, I from the way he ran the ball, especially early in his career um, at Alabama, you know, he was such an effective runner. I, I figured there was going to be a little bit of an element. And then just seeing him, you know, you you assume, but but assuming or seeing it on tape and seeing it on game days, two different things for sure. Lincoln, uh, how frequently have guys, especially the last couple of years, where the depth of the receiver has seems like it's been more come to you about getting more touches, or uh, you know, or any position coach for that matter? Not, not very often. Uh, you know, because our guys have been able to continue to produce. Um, you know, I think it, there's a if this is year one in the system, you know. And, you know, you've got some of the players that we do there. You probably have more, but I just, I think the older guys have, have such a built-up trust, you know, in what we do and and that you know, on the opportunities coming their way that that I think, I think that takes care of a lot of it. And then again, there's a culture in that room, you know, led by, you know, you know Lee Morris and Calcaterra and Basquin and and CD and AD Miller. I mean, those guys. There, there's just a culture there that. You know, you don't talk about that. You know, you just you go play your butt off and worry about winning. And and if you do that, like the guys before, then the stats and individual things that that you want to accomplish, then those things will come. And as a as a play caller, with that amount of guys, have you ever found yourself saying uh, maybe like not that you would forget about somebody, but say, hey, we haven't been getting to this guy as much. How much do you make an adjustment during the week as far as like we've gone away from somebody and now we want to go to him this no, week? If there's, if there's a weapon that we're not using well, we'll always look at that. But, you know, first and foremost for us, it's going to be about, you know, winning and producing. And uh, so we got guys that can help us do that, that we need to do a better job getting it to, then that's an issue. But we don't ever just say, well, we ain't throwing him the ball much. So let's just throw it to him for the hell of it. You know, that's not, that's not, Part of the discussion. Uh, 
Lincoln, when Jalen Redmond was cleared, I think most assumed he'd be an outside guy coming off the edge. What was it about his body type or skill set that led you guys to believe he could move inside? And how would you assess what he's done through the first couple of weeks? Yeah, just watching, just watching his body develop over this time. You know, even even, you know, when he wasn't available to practice with us, you know, here during the spring uh, and late last season, he was able to do some things in the weight room, and his body's continued to develop. And then, as we watched him on the field, I think part of it was, you know, continuing to try to get our our, our best eleven out there and and putting him in a position to potentially be one of those guys. And then, I think with the way. You know that we're playing right now. We can play with a guy like that just because he, you know, he's strong enough. He just, even though he's not a 300 pounder, he's got the strength of a, you know, of a 300 plus pounder. So you don't, you don't really lose anything with the size. But then you gain so much in athleticism, you know, inside that he's a tough matchup for for any interior offensive lineman. So. Uh, he's done well. He played certainly better in this game than he did the first. Uh, he's getting. He's kind of at that point where, you know, after we moved him, there were some things mentally to learn, slowed him down just a little bit um, as, he, as he got comfortable. And you see him starting to think less and play more, and, and it become more natural. And there's just more and more flash plays with him as we go on. So he, he's, uh, he's handled it well, and he's going to get a lot better. Lincoln, uh, since you've been in Norman, you haven't lost any true road games, and I'm wondering, have you seen anything or can point to anything that has helped you know, those guys go into those road environments and be able to pull out so many wins, whether it be close or not close? Just it's a mindset. You know, we've done it with different different players, different coaches, different you know, different everything, um, different venues. Uh, just just a mindset you know it's a mindset and mentality of you know that's that's you know that those teams have had and those players and, and coaches have had in the past but you know for us it's something to learn from but we got to understand that none of those count for for right now so we've, we've got to go we've got to go earn that ourselves with this group Venues. Is there anything special about playing at the Rose Bowl? I know it's not you know, the Rose Bowl bowl game, but just going there and being able to be sure. in the environment. Oh, absolutely. No, it's one of the most historic fields in, in our game. So, uh, no, absolutely it is. And anytime, you know, these, especially these non-conference, you know, road games, you only get, you only get a few cracks at these, you know, you get the, you get to obviously, you know, within conference and and even some of the bowl games, you know, you you cycle back through those. Some you don't only you only get these, you know, going to Ohio State, going to Tennessee, going to UCLA. I know we've got several great ones here on our future schedule. You, you only get to do these, you know, just you know maybe a time or two in your career. So you, you definitely want to make the most of it. Coach, your thoughts on the offensive line? Not that you had a chance to look back at this last game, just the <coughs> progress overall, and then if has anyone stood out in particular? Uh, didn't play our best last week. Uh, certainly, you know, marred by the the penalties. I mean, that was the you know the the most disappointing thing about the day up front. You know, we had just some some silly penalties that 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 really set us back and. Uh, you know, but I think it shows you the standard, you know, of, of what we expect there, and and not just the standard, but what we, how good we expect this group can be. You know, that we can have seventy points and I don't know a bunch of yards and still not be real happy about how we played up front. So um, we got to get better. Uh, we got to 
we can't afford the penalties. And, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's makings of a good group. And we've, we have had some really good moments up front in the first two games. But, you know, we've got to continue to get more of those as we go forward. Lincoln, as Jalen continues to learn the offense, where are you at in terms of his decision making on whether tucking the football or staying in the pocket and throwing the ball? I think he's done really a great job of that. He's been very patient. Um, very, very few negative plays. Um, you know, I, I, I think he's I think he's done a great job of that. They've been extremely patient. He's had a few more, honestly, that he could have tucked down uh, that, that he hasn't. And um, it's been very efficient from the pocket. So, yeah, I think he's had a, a really nice feel of that so far. Yeah, Lincoln, after, I think it was after the game Saturday, Nick Saban <clears throat> said that if, if he had his choice, he'd load, load up the schedule with all not just FBS opponents, but power fives. <clears throat> how, how would you feel about doing that? Um, well, there's, there's, there's a lot to it. It's not as simple as that because we don't all play the same amount of conference games. You know, we don't, you know, we don't all have a one, you know, the top two teams in the league playing a, a conference championship. So, uh, I don't know that I totally agree. I, I get, you know, I said before, I've, I've been, I've been at the East Carolinas, you know, where that's such a huge game for, you know, for your athletic department, your city, your fan base, your players, you know, you get to play at places that, you know, without that you're, you wouldn't be able to and, uh, and have a chance to beat teams like that. And, and then, even a game like the other night, you know, for us that if, if we play well, the reward of, of being able to play so many players, especially with this four game rule, get a chance to look at guys. I, I, I still think it creates some intriguing matchups, um, you know, for, for both sides of it, you know, the FBS and non that are and even, even power five and non that, that I think are still advantageous. Now, could I get behind, you know, maybe limiting that, you know, and, 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 you know, coming out and declaring exactly how many power fives and all that. Sure. I mean, I think, I think, I think a lot of people would stand behind that of just trying to even the playing field, especially, you know, in the area of the 14 playoff. And, you know, you get the, this committee here at the end that's got to evaluate not only different teams, but just a wide range of a wide array of different schedules, you know, which I know has got to be pretty tough to do. Uh, Jalen's numbers are crazy. Uh, his passing efficiency and things. Like he had three incompletions the first week, four the second week. How long can that last? You played one overmatch foe, but you also played a pretty good team yeah. in week one. So how long can you keep this up? Um, I don't know. Seems like same question, different year. Um, I. You know the stats don't always reflect everything, uh, but they do. They do tell some, and uh, you know, I mean, we expect him to continue to play well. I know he does. Uh, I know he can continue to improve. You know, might he have some games that he plays better, but maybe doesn't have the exact same stats he's had here week one and week two. I think that's very possible. Um, but you know, we got high expectations for him and our offense, and. Uh, you know, we've, we've done some good things the first couple of weeks, but I mean, I, I would say, why can it not, you know? 
Coach, I'm wondering how satisfied you are at a couple of positions and how the competition is per time there. The first would be rush in with uh, John Michael Terry, Benito, and the other young kid. Yeah, way boo. Um, you didn't want to try to say his name, no. did you? Yeah. Um, yeah, excited about that group. It's, uh, you know, John Michael Terry's been very, very steady for us. Uh, he's played well the first two games. He's just a he's just a steadying force, man. He plays very physical at the point of attack. Um, you know, never bust. You know, you just kind of know what you're going to get with him. You know, but it's been a nice situation for both Benito and Uwebu to, to jump in there and play, but not have to play just a crazy amount of reps, which is ideal for those guys right now as they're getting their feet wet. But they're both they're both extremely talented. They can both rush the passer and have have, have really good both length and athleticism on the edge. So, you know, we'll, you know, it's been a position that we said coming in that we were going to try to play all three of those guys and get a look at them. And then uh, as time goes on, if, if any of those guys start to separate, we'll start to slant the reps more for, for that individual. But um, uh, they've been productive. Uh, you know, and, and again, the, the competition and playing a lot of bodies has allowed those guys to stay fresh and allow the young guys to, again, kind of get their first taste of it. The other position is that the safeties, wondering about the, the production. And then you know, you've got guys back there in Barnes and the new guy, Washington, Royals. These guys have been around uh, a while. How satisfied at the position, and is there still competition there? Yeah, there is. I mean, I, I would say that that you know that Pat Fields and Turner Yell, you know, had separated themselves at least going into the season. Certainly to to be the two starters, and I I don't think we've seen anything in the first two games that would tell us otherwise. They, they've they've done a good job. They've uh, communicated well, uh, held up in coverage, a um, couple open field tackles, and then that. that that, that trouble missed the other night. I'm sorry, uh, Dillaren, and uh, we all call him Trouble. And uh, great name for safety. Um, and then Pat had a couple penalties in the first game, but Pat played extremely well, really in both games, other than the penalties in the first game. And so uh, they're doing well. They're they're both young guys. They're gaining experience quickly. And uh, yeah, you've, we've got those three guys behind them that you name. You know, Woody, um, Robert Barnes. Um, those guys are. Those guys are getting better, uh, Justin Broles. So we, we've been able to develop some depth there. We know we're going to continue to need more as it goes on. Uh, but I think, kind of like the whole secondary, they've 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 played well. Um, we need them to play better, and uh, we're going to need all all five of those guys. But they are playing well. Our last you, guys, uh, you guys won by 56 points right after the game. John Hurts goes straight to the gym. Is there something that? You expect out of him every game. He's just going to go to the gym. He seemed like he wanted to improve upon something, and I was wondering if if you knew anything specific that he wanted to improve upon that he wasn't happy about. No, just just taking care of his body. You know, it's uh, game days, especially one like that, are one of the lightest days of the week for those guys. So it's a uh, it's a long season, and a lot of our players do a lot of things behind the scenes that you know that the public doesn't see, just to just to to keep their bodies. You know, at, at an elite level, and uh, you know, it, especially a quarterback's a position where you, you've, you've got to do that, and uh, you know, like taking care of body, taking care of throwing arm, all those different things. So, no, nah, that's just a guy that's been in it that means a lot too, and doing the extra little things to to make sure he's ready for his team. Over to the right, Clay Hornings. Um, going back to the question about playing in the Rose Bowl venue, you seem like uh, a guy, maybe the rare coach, who's able 
to step outside yourself and sort of recognize moments of, you know, this is pretty cool, what we get to do here. And I wonder if you agree with that, and is that something that you like to impress upon your coaches and your players, that it's not just, you know, like this all the time, you got to take it all in. Yeah, we do. We, we definitely do. You, you have to appreciate the opportunities that this game gives you, and, and I don't, I don't want to overlook it, certainly don't want our staff to, don't want our players to. And I think that can be part of getting ready to play. You know, it's, you know, when you get to go into historic venues like this or go play, you know, non-conference games that don't show up all the time, you know, you, you're going to remember these. And uh, so you want to go play like you want to be remembered and, and make sure that it's a positive memory on the back end. So it's, it's part of it for us. And uh, this game gives you way too many cool things to experience to, to not appreciate it. Uh, your defense, obviously, new coaches made new schemes and things of that nature. But how much of what you're seeing the first couple of games is an attitude adjustment, a, a way of going about things, and, and how you approach your defense? Sure. Yeah. No, it is. It's a it's a different attitude, mentality, just different vibe about the group. And uh, you know, we've had two tests so far, and uh, you know, I think there's there's been things we want to get better at, but there certainly has been a lot of positives and certainly more positives than negatives, you know, but, you know, we're going to continue to get tested and that mentality and that toughness and how, how much we're willing to stick to it is going to continue to get tested in more ways, different ways as this year goes on. And so, you know, it's, uh, it's held up so far and, uh, and there's no reason why it can't continue to hold up, but we're going to have to, we can't just sit there and say, well, all right, it's been better for two games, so it's good and we're all good. It's football doesn't work like that. You know, it, football is a week-to-week, game-to-game, play-to-play test, and, and you're only as good as you are truly the next one. And so that's we've got to keep that mentality and, and continue to be excited about what we're building there uh, because we do think it's something really, really special. But we understand that there's a, there's a, a, a lot of work, you know, left there, and, and we're going to continue to get tested, and we've got to continue to, to be ready for those tests. Injuries, uh, Kenneth Mann, Hayes, and anybody else? Uh, Mann's getting close, really, really close. Um, you know, I'd, I'd say, you know, for this week, it's a possibility, uh, but not a certainty. Uh, Hayes, uh, not serious, not going to be out for an extended time. Uh, don't know yet on this week with him. Lincoln, I know you've got a lot of guys in the NFL, but Marquise having the debut he yeah. had yesterday, um, and considering the way that the Ravens were treating him with that recovery, sort of speaks to the seriousness of the injury. Just your thoughts about him. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, to see him as, I think, first two catches both go for touchdowns. And I didn't get to see him, but I, I was meeting with their crew, but I heard a couple of our guys yelling down the hall, so I knew something good had happened. So, uh, yeah, that was happy for that kid. Do it right back there in his hometown, too. and. You know, after what he went through at the end of the year with us and how, you know, disappointed he was, we all were for him. Um, yeah, to see him go make those plays was not surprising, but it was, yeah, really, really an awesome moment. You know, and, and yeah, so cool for him to be able to share it with, with Ben and Tony and those guys. Obviously, Mark had a big day there, too. Um, you know, Kyler had a big day. All, you know, it's just fun to see a lot of those guys kind of get their first taste of it and do so well. I have, yeah, yeah, I saw him on social media. I did, yeah, yeah, looked look pretty familiar. And before we get out of here, I wanted to share one interview I had because I've been very impressed with this young man. 
We went one-on-one for the first time with Pat Fields. Pat Fields is off to a great start, starting in the secondary for the Sooners. And first and foremost, congratulations on the 2-0 start. How's it feeling out there for you, having a more active role this year? Um, it feels great, but um, at the same time, you know, we're, we're still hungry. And um, I don't know, we're, we're kind of like perfectionists. So, you know, there's a lot of things that we could always do better. So, you know, even though we're winning um, and we're 2-0, you know, there's so much to improve on. And, you know, our ceiling is so high. So, you know, we're just trying to keep on working and, uh, you know, improve, improve the things that we're messing up on through the first couple games. Take me back to Saturday night. How good did that, did that feel for Speed D to get its first takeaway and then all the fists in the air and all the support from your teammates and the fans? It's, uh, it's the goal of this defense is to shut people down and get takeaways. When you saw it come to fruition, what was that like for you? Um, it's great, but it's like, I don't know, it, you know, a lot of guys are just hungry. You know, we want to get we want to get more takeaways. And then, you know, we didn't get any of the first game. So it's like even though we had three um, game two, you know, we're still we're still trying to make up for, you know, the first game because we had zero. But I mean, everybody's hungry. You know, we, we everybody wants to force force turnovers, get takeaways. So that's just the mentality out there. Can you take us through what it's like being as a safety? You're in those rooms with Alex Trench beyond just the defense and being the defensive coordinator. What's he like as a position coach? Um, I think he's intense, and I think the, the the best thing about Coach Grinch is you know he's he's continuously pushing us to um, to be better and and you know like open our minds to open our minds and, and really you know push push ourselves as individuals because it's like you know we can accomplish way more than um, than you know what we set our minds to and like a lot of times people unintentionally uh, limit themselves so Coach Grinch does a great job of kind of like knocking you know going against that and, and you know really pushing us to max ourselves out as, out as individuals and you know really take advantage of all of our abilities all of our talents you know all the resources we have so the one thing that stands out to me is you guys are communicating so well. So, Pat, what have you seen as a key to this improved and consistent communication, not just in the secondary, but with the whole defense? Um, I mean, it, it's really just we, we practice it throughout the week. You know, we do a lot of run through reps um, every single week. And, you know, we run through plays so many times. So it's like, you know, whenever we're in the games, guys aren't, guys aren't really thinking about, oh, what's this new call? What's this with that? We've already seen, you know, the whole week, and um, we, I mean, we go through so many run-through plays every single week. It's really just easy come game day because we've everything, you know, we see on Saturdays. We, for the most part, we've already seen, you know, we've we've gone over everything you can imagine. So, you know, on game day, it's just, you know, check it, whatever you see, check it, and you know, execute the call. As a Tulsa kid, played at Union High School. What's this been like for you being a Sooner? I know you grew up a Sooner fan, but how special has these last two years been? If, if you could go back and tell eight-year-old Pat Fields what he was going to be doing when he was 18, 19 years old. Um, like, it's, it's incredibly special. And then I think the, the biggest thing is, you know, I just have a, a really big platform to – to you know, set a great example for younger kids, and I, I think that's that's part of the reason why you know I, I wear suits stuff like that because you know younger kids and, and even high schools you know they look up to us so much. So it's like you know I have the 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 platform to make something that's business professional, you know, cool to to young kids. You know, they may see me doing it, they may see Jay Hurts doing it, something. It's like okay, I want to do that, and, and I think. You know, that's, that's the best thing I really get from it. And then, you know, just going home, uh, going to my high school, you know, being able to talk to all the kids, all the younger kids, you know, seeing them look up to me and uh, me being able to be such a role model, you know, it, it's a great feeling. And then, like, if I were to be able to tell myself uh, uh, what I was doing when I was eight years old, I, my eight-year-old self probably wouldn't believe it, you know what I mean? <laughs>
so I mean, it's just a blessing. You know, every day is a blessing. Um, you know, I just really try to go out, take advantage of everything, and, and, you know, really embrace everything every single day. So there you have it, our Monday press conference pod. Thanks for downloading. Don't forget, tomorrow, the Sooner Sports Podcast live will drop. Thanks to everyone who joined us earlier today. In fact, Toby and I just got done wrapping it up on Wednesday. You'll get the Lincoln Riley Coaches Show on Thursday, the Huddle Reloaded. And then, of course, on Friday, the Coach's Corner and the Scene Center. It's a countdown to UCLA. Saturday night at 7 p.m., we'll be on the air with a 5 o'clock pregame on the Sooner Radio Network. Have a great start to your week. And until Tuesday, Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. Yeah.